are you guys? You guys doing okay? I mean, that, I, I feel like I'm officially a Californian, you know, I got evacuated and, and you know, it, it was kind of fun though. A friend let us know, hey, you guys are going to be evacuated soon probably. And so uh, we, we thought we'd do like a staycation. And so we took the dogs and got in a little hotel room and didn't go insane. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, and uh, we really had a great time. Um, you know, and, and, and during that time, you see all the things on the news and you think of different people and you're trying to send texts out, making sure everybody's okay. And uh, as a church, we really do care. And so if there's anything that you need in the midst of it, uh, let me know. You know, other people are like, oh, Rich, this happens all the time. You know, <laughs> it's a, it's a, but, but, but I want you to know, you know, that's what we're here for. We've been talking about it for the last uh, a month about being the body of Christ. And so, you know, probably one of the biggest blessings was to just get texts from people and, and little Facebook things saying, hey, you know, whatever you need, you need a place to stay, uh, your family can stay, you can stay somewhere else, Rich, you know. And I give these things and it's like, okay, you know, but, but it, it was cool to know that people care. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's from things like fires. There's, there's always something going on in our lives. I talked to some people this week and then multiple people going in for surgeries and different things going on. Um, we're not meant to live life alone. We're meant to have community. We're meant to have people. Each one of us, we're called to be able to be there in those times. And we're going to talk about that more this morning. But I also want to share with Connie. So Connie Torrisi, she ended up, she graduated on Wednesday. She went home and uh, she had a very painful bout of cancer. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I prayed with her on, on Tuesday and uh, uh, pain and pain and in the midst of that, God's hand was there. And in the midst of God taking her home, she is now celebrating. And uh, we know that there, there is no pain where she's at now and that we're going to see her again. Um, but we're going to this Saturday at 12 p.m. We're going to have a memorial here at the church. And I uh, want to make sure that you all know you are invited to come and celebrate the life. Uh, just a, a great, great lady. Just uh, loved her so much. And uh, in the midst of all this pain and, you know, cancer is such an ugly thing to then, then just see that smile on her face. And it's like, oh, hey, you're, you're, you're really dealing with tough times. But that's where the whole body comes together to support, to support Connie, to support her girls and where they're at. So I just encourage you guys to, uh, what the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. Um, here's the thing about helping people. This is what I know, is that when we help people, uh, we can only help people so much. And then eventually you're like, oh my gosh, I can't help people anymore. I'm totally drained. I'm totally, you know, I've done all I can. What makes the difference is not when we do it, but when we allow God to move through our lives. And we're like, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? God, how do you want me to deal with things? And it's like, God will give you the strength, but we need to be connected to him. And so one of the things that we've been talking about is like with our devotions. It's just really important. I talked to a couple of people this week and, and saw it on their desk and they brought it out and they started saying, hey, this is what, what God said to me today. It's really important to stay connected. So be sure to have these, be sure to give these to people, to be connected. And and then Patrick's going to come up and Patrick's going to share about another way that we want you to stay connected. So in this budget that we're voting for in a, in a little bit, it's part of it. It's all about people. We're like, we really want to invest into people. We believe that people are what matters. And so we want to see you grow deeper in your walk with God. We want to make sure when those tough times come out, uh, come up in life, that you, you have the strength because you're connected with God. Patrick, you want to share a little bit? Sure. Good morning, church. 
bring up uh, Right Now Media. So Pastor Richard talked about it the last couple of weeks and uh, sharing how simple it is. And one of the things that we want to make sure we're doing is equipping all of the church to be able to hold small groups. A small group can be you and a friend. The small group could be you and uh, a bunch of people from church or from work or at lunch or wherever. And whenever you have that opportunity, we want to make sure you have the resources and you're able to do that. Uh, so the Right Now Media app is uh, a great program. It's something that we've uh, purchased. It's free for anyone in the church who wants to use it. And uh, it's really simple. So if you haven't gotten signed up and you're interested, it's real easy. You can catch me after church and you can sign up and just give us an email address and it's, you log in and then you have access to uh, a ton of titles, whether it's kids, whether it's adults, families, uh, marriage, all kinds of titles. Our small group has used it uh, years ago and we had a lot of, uh, a lot of good discussions come from those, uh, from those uh, videos. And um, so we're looking forward to, to using that again. So it's a great tool, it's a great resource. So find me after church if you'd like or write it on your connection card. If you wanna get connected, you're having trouble getting connected, let us know. We wanna make sure you have those resources uh, available to you. So it's free, I know our small group struggles sometimes to try and find like the next study, what we're gonna do and what do we wanna do and we can very easily have access to all those things. So it's right on your phone, right on your tablet, right on your computer, smart TVs, it's, it's really accessible. So. Just want to share that with Excellent. you. Excellent. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is once you get to know the, understand how it works, you just have the little app on your phone, and you can literally be at someone's house, and you can talk to them and say, hey, you know what? Uh, you guys are trying to figure out something good to watch for your kids, for your family. You want to watch something on finances. You want to watch something on your marriage. Here, and you can actually just click up in that, that top right-hand corner, have a drop-down. It'll come in, and it's who you want to invite. You put that person's email address in and, and, and invite, because we believe that everyone, God has a plan for people's lives. And even if they aren't a part of our church, we believe it's a great gift that we can give, because we know once Jesus changes your life, you're never the same again. And so it's a very exciting thing. So I want you to, if you got any questions or anything, we'll do anything we can to help you with that. We want to see you grow this year. We want to see you, when, when, when we look at next year, it's like, wow, look at where God has taken me. And see, God has a plan. God has incredible things that he wants to do to and through you. But sometimes we just, we just don't connect we choose to kind of look oh yeah that's an option and we don't do anything with it i mean it's like uh, i read a study this week that said that 40 percent of people say that they go to church on a regular basis and it's like well that's great that isn't that good news i mean you think about it that's almost like half the people you run across go to church and and uh, then you look a little further in the study and it says, well, actually only 20% do, but 20% would really like to go more. You know, they just don't. And so it's funny that they would say, I go to church. And then as you go further, you realize I don't really go to church, but I'd like to. And so they say that actually about 20% of people go to church. So half the people that say they go to church don't actually go to church. And, you know, when you talk to people, a lot of times they'll just say, I don't really need it. Church isn't that important. You know what? I've been burned. You know what? I just don't like the way that they do it. It's too early. It's too late. It's on the wrong day. I've got other things going on. You know, a lot of people are just like, it's, it's just not relevant. And, 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 and I get it. You know, I've, I've gone sometimes to church and been like, man, what, what did I do? What, what, I just spent my time. What happened there? And what I've realized 
a lot of times we put a lot of emphasis on other people doing things instead of us doing things. You know, we look at other people, we look at other things, and we're like, yeah, I couldn't worship because of this, or I couldn't do this because of that. And, but we have a choice. We can all respond. So what was crazy in that survey, I got to go back to that thing, because it, it said that comparing the church that would say, I go to church, to people that would say, I don't go to church, non-Christian people that would say, I'm, I'm not a Christian, they said that the moral values uh, are no different, that the percentage-wise, the values are very similar. And I'm like, wow, that's really weird. That's really weird that the values of non-Christians and Christians are, are very similar by this study. It said that the average American, this, 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 this is kind of surprising, it says uh, lies 23 times a day. Is that weird? 23 times a day. And, and, you know, I'm sure they're not all big things. I'm sure they're just all things like, oh, you do look great in those jeans. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, you look fantastic. You know, I mean, I don't know what, how they determine the lies and stuff. But, but here's the thing. It's like it's, it, it's hard when you look to people and they let you down. I mean, a lot of times we'll look to people and we'll be like, oh, man, they're going to lift me up. They're going to encourage me. They're going to give me what I need. But the reality is that we're all in the same boat. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, if you're an accountant, if you're a plumber, if you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if you're a policeman, if whatever your profession is, you're a student, you're, we're people and we're fallen people. And so a lot of times it would be a lot easier to just follow Jesus, right? You know, because Jesus, when you talk to people, people say, I can follow Jesus. I like Jesus. I like what he did. I like what he said. But it's a lot harder to, to be connected with the church of unfallen people, right? You know, because it's like, man, they, they let us down sometimes. And sometimes they, they can frustrate us. And sometimes, here, here's the thing, is that God has called us to be the body of Christ. And I, that's what we're going to talk about today is what the body looks like. And when we read scripture, there's two major views of what the body of Christ is. They're just two different angles of it. One of them is where Jesus talks about the Lord's Supper. And we're going to celebrate that in just a little bit. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And Jesus says, this is my body. And so he explains that. And we'll talk about that more. I, before I go on to what we're going to talk about, though, but with like communion, I heard a story about a um, family, and they were kind of, I don't know, kind of backwards, you know. I mean, they were just kind of country bumpkin type people, you know. They they worshiped the Lord, and they just they just had a good time. They weren't really fancy about it and stuff. And so when they did the Lord's Supper, they'd just be like, you know, juice and crackers, you know. They're going to pass around the juice and crackers. And uh, so the, the family ended up going to the city, and they went to kind of a liturgical, pretty fancy church, and they're there, and... and uh, um, the, 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 they, they don't call it juice and crackers there. You know, of course, they call it the elements and stuff. And so as the, the pastor's up there on stage and he says, oh, would the deacons prepare the elements to be passed around? The little boy just lit up. I mean, he had the biggest smile you've ever seen and he was just glowing. And the dad looks down and he says, son, why are you so excited? And, and he just shouted it. He said, Dad, this church is a circus. They're going to be passing around elephants. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with the message. But I just figured it was a good place to toss that in. But, but you know, here, 
how do I recover? Okay, but, but the other type of body of Christ, we, we actually see in Ephesians, and we also see it in, in uh, Corinthians, and that's what we're going to look at today. So I want you to pull out your Bible. We're, we're just going to kind of go verse by verse. We're going to unpack it, look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 12. It says that the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. See, what, what, what do we see there? We see diversity, that the body of Christ, it's, it's, it's diversity of race, of culture, of economics, of social status. But then it goes on, and I want you to really look at this. We're going to unpack it for a moment, and it's uh, really that idea of how you're placed in the body. Here's what it says. It says, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share in the same spirit. So I want you to understand really quick, what does that mean? It means salvation, that, that as we make a decision to follow Christ, baptized, what does that mean in baptized in spirit? When... when baptize you getting sprinkled with water you being dunked in the water does not save you it's a symbol of what god's done and so i want you to think about it every time you see baptism it's kind of like a water grave what it is it, it's your body and it's going under the water and it's dying and it's coming back up you know, people always make jokes, Rich, I'll give you five extra bucks if you keep them down a little bit longer. And so, you know, the idea of, you know, what it is, it's really a sign of dying and then coming back. And so that's what I want you to know as we look at the scripture. So as we start to unpack it, so here's three things of how you're placed in the body of Christ. So how do we get placed in it? The first one, that it is passive. It is passive. The very moment of conversion, you are given the Holy Spirit and we're placed in the body of Christ. You're given everything that you need at that point. You don't have to take a class. You don't have to perform. You don't have to give money. You are instantly part of that. Okay, so as we follow Christ, as we choose to follow him, it happens immediately in our lives. Here's the next thing, is that it's personal. It's personal for each one of us. We all share in a part. So each person makes up the body. So it's very personal as we look at that. And then the third thing I want you to know is it's permanent. It's permanent. As you enter into the body of Christ, it's permanent. We're baptized. The, the verb phrase, watch this, it says, we have all been baptized into one body. So that's, that's aorist tense. It speaks of a one-time action. So it's not, oh, I was saved today, and I got to get saved again tomorrow, and I've got to get the Holy Spirit again the next day, and I've got to, I had a bad week, and so I need the Holy Spirit again. It's permanent. See, here's the thing is that when we become a follower of Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. God has adopted us. He created us, and then he adopts us to be his children. The one thing that I know about being a child, the one thing I know about being a dad and having kids, is that no matter what goes on, they're still your kids. They're still your kids. You don't say, oh, wait, they had a bad week. I guess they're not my kids anymore. No, it's a permanent 
thing. And that can be good and that can be bad. So, so guys, that's the, that's the thing that we look with our walk with God is that it is permanent. Once we are apart, it, it's not that, oh, you know, I did something bad and so now God's upset and so now I'm not his child anymore. So we're a permanent part of the body. Now, then we look and we want to look at what our position is in the body. So, so what's my role? How do I fit into the body? And remember, right after um, uh, service today, we're doing a class on spiritual giftedness. And it's in the back. We encourage you to be a part of it. That's why coffee and everything was over on the side today. Uh, so in the back, I encourage you to go back. We'll start as soon as possible. We got food and we're going to dig even deeper into your DNA to how God has created you and the plan for your life. But I want to look at verse 14 here. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one Part. So if you write this in your study guide, is that every believer is part of the body. Every believer is part of the body. There's not like multiple bodies. Oh, you're part of the charismatic body, or you're part of the, the, the reformed body, or you're part of the evangelical body. No, it is one body as followers of Christ. Think of it this way. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. I'm going to give you a human example and, a, and, and examples of, of cars. Is that, that each of them have different parts to them. I mean, think about this. Think about... Um, that as, as I'm teaching today, we're going to be looking at these different parts, but they're all one. It takes all of those pieces to be one. When you look at one by itself, you're like, oh, and you look at another one, you're like, huh. But in the body of Christ, they all come together to connect. And so it's a lot of times people will say, well, wait a second, I don't have anything in common with that person. Now, what we have in the body of Christ is that we've all chosen to follow Christ. We've all chosen to bow our knee to Christ. That's what we have in common. Now, there's a lot of things that we don't have in common, and that's totally fine to say, I guess we don't have a lot of interests, you know, in the same things. But what we do have in common is with Christ. And, and when every believer becomes a follower of Christ, and, and it's like, okay, I am now a part Guys, I want you to know your part is so important. It's important for right now, right where you're at. That part is so key to what it is. I mean, think about this. Think about a car. Okay, we just look at a car, and, and if I see a gas tank over here, and I see a steering wheel over here, and, and, and I see a radiator, and, and we see these pieces, it's like, okay, that, that's, that's just a junkyard. But when you put those pieces together, wow, they can move. They can do amazing things. And that's what we have to look at the body of Christ, is that they're, they're pieces that separately, well, they could do a little bit, but together can do supernatural things that can do amazing things. And so, you know, I, I kept thinking about it this week, and I'm like, huh, you know, I never really think about how important hoses are on my car until they bust. And then it's like, wow, that's really important, right? I never think about how important gasoline is in my car until I run out. You know, I never think about how important these things are. And it's the same with the body of Christ, is that, that we need each other. And so then you hear 
Paul talk. And I'm going to read more. And it's kind of like Paul's doing the whole laugh factory thing because he really gets humorous because he wants to make a point. So he's saying, hey, guys, this is let, let me just share it from a different angle. And, and he kind of gets, you know, a little silly with it because he says, if the foot says, you know, and you could just imagine, you know, bringing the foot up. Oh, hello. You know, and, and you know, I don't know if Paul did different voices when he was talking, but, you know, he, he's bringing it out. And, and he's just like, guys, this is so crazy. He says, I am not part of the body because I am not the hand. That does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not the eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, would, how would you hear? Or if the whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Guys, it's one body with many, many pieces that are so important. And so I want you to write in your study guide today that every believer is placed by God. Sometimes we think, well, I choose where I want to be in the body, okay? I like, I like that thing. I like what that person does. I like how Karen was singing and worshiping and, and, and how the Patello girls, you know, boy, that's, 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 that's what I want to do. I want to I wanna be up there singing or I want to be that, that guy teaching or I want to be that guy, you know, that, that's leading during disasters. I want to be this guy doing this and that. And a lot of times we think we're the ones that choose, but God is the one that chooses. God's the one that designs us the way we are. And not every position is a high-profile position. Not, not every position is a glamorous position. Not everything is, is what we want to do. But what I want you to understand is God doesn't make mistakes. The way that he designed you, he's placed you in an area to really make a difference. And guys, that, that there is no position, there's no place that's more important than the other person. It takes the entire body to work together to function. And God really does know what's best. And so that's why it's so important that we, we tune in to what has God called me to do? What has God has a plan for my life? How do I get into that area? So let's, let's read in verse 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest or least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts as we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Guys, it all matters. Every single part is so key. So here's the next thing I want you to write in is that every believer plays an important role. Every believer plays an important role. Every part needs the body. Each one of us need 
to be connected. If not, we're just, we're just a tailpipe sitting there. We're just a hose. We're just a gas tank. But together, we can do things that could never be done. You know, uh, this last week, most of you have never, it didn't even run across your mind thinking about your liver. Did any of you guys say, oh, I wonder how my liver's doing? Hi, I was just thinking about my liver. Most of you didn't think about it. But if there was a problem with your liver, you would definitely know it. There would be a problem. So with our body of Christ, it's the same way. When people are broken and when people are hurt, when people aren't moving the way that God's designed them to move, the whole body is affected by it. You know, with a car, Somebody was just telling me about their car uh, uh, last week. And uh, uh, you know how you, how you put the, the lug nuts on and you just spin those on and make sure that they're, they're fine. And it's like, oh, a little loose here. Let me just tighten that with my hand. Well, you know, when those lug nuts fell off and then another lug nut fell off and then as they're turning, they broke and that wheel went flying out. And, and it's so funny that it's like, could they get in that car? No, they couldn't get in that car. They had to try to figure out how to kind of rig the whole thing together to put the tire back on so they could get it on the tow truck. And, 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 and it's like, oh, that's just like a little lug. That's just like a little lug. And, and, and here's the thing. It's so important. For some of us, we just think, oh, you know what? I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not really, I'm not too crazy about it. You know, I don't really like those people. They're hard to deal with. We just kind of do it at our house, you know? And, and uh, so, so I don't really need to be connected with what's going on. But the reality is that there's really no big eyes. There's no little U's. It's all a part. So if that part isn't working, Man, everything else goes bad. You know, a lot of times people will look at things, the visible part, and say, that's the real part. You know, and people will do that sometimes with, with pastors. Sometimes people will say, you know, if a church does well, they'll say, oh, it's the pastor. If the church does bad, it's the pastor. The reality is it's just people. We're all people. There's just different parts that you see. And, and sometimes people will try to put people on pedestals. And I hope you guys know, um, if you ever see me on a pedestal, you can just kick it because that's the worst place to be at because it's hard to fall. It's hard to fall from those places. And people will like it when they're high, but when they fall, you know, I'm at, I'm at the gym and, and uh, uh, the manager, we're talking for a couple minutes and, and I gave her a, a, a new devotion and, and she said, hey, Rich, I... Uh, I had this bad experience, and so she, she with a Christian. I'm like, all right, okay, tell me all about it. And 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 it's like, and and, and then she says, well, it was actually a pastor, and it's like, oh, okay, this is really good. And and so she, she's sharing it with me, and I'm just like, oh man, that's awful. You know, I'm I'm so sorry that that happened. That was a bad experience. It sounds like a lot of miscommunication. It sounds like it it just didn't work out well. And then I said, uh, I said, hey, do you, do you think the pastor is probably more perfect than the people in the church? And she's like, no. And I said, but the problem is that sometimes we, we assume that because they have a title or because of something else that they're more important, that they, they're, they're, they're beyond things. And really the scripture says that as leaders, we should be beyond reproach. But that doesn't mean that we're perfect. That means that, 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 that there's still mistakes. And, and who's the perfect one? 
Christ. And so that's why we've always got to keep that our eyes are on Christ. But with, with pastors, you know, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, secretaries of churches are still saved. And I'm surprised that pastors' kids are still saved after some of the things that they see. Because the reality is that we're just all people. When I think of the body of Christ, if, if, I, can, if I can say something, rem remember uh, the 80s and I didn't see the movie, and if you did, that's, you, you need to pray about it, but the, the movie 10 and with Bo Derek, And so she was just some beautiful lady, and they said, hey, she's so sexy, and, and, and she's the perfect 10. Well, a lot of times that's what we expect of other people. We expect them to be a 10. We expect them to be perfect. We expect our spouses to be perfect. We expect our kids to be perfect. The reality is the only one that's perfect is Jesus. Guys, the rest of us, we're fives, all right? We make mistakes. We fall short. People are like, well, Rich, I don't know about a five. Well, you know what? I know sometimes I can end up being a one or a two. I mean, and it's usually right after being about a seven or an eight, I can do really good. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, great, great, great. And then I'm doing something totally crazy and totally off the grid. But no matter how marred and scarred you are, God looks at you and he says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I created you and I have a plan for your life. And so when we look at those things, we can't be looking at other people as being perfect. We all work together and we realize, wait a second, oh, that person just said something offensive, that person did something, they're a five. Okay, you're a five, all right, I'll get you a t-shirt. You know, and, and, and we're all fives, but God, Jesus is a 10. That's who we should be following. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw something that I put up on Facebook um, and, and one of the percentages said that one out of 10 pastors actually retire as a pastor. And uh, they, they said that 80% uh, of pastors uh, went into ministry and they said, wow, this is totally different than what I thought it was going to be. And so here's the thing is a lot of people will jump into things and be like, this is my gift. This is what I'm called to do. And then they realize, well, maybe it's not. And so that's why it's so important to not just be what, what do I want, but what is it that God really has for me? Now, now, now watch this. In verse 25, it says, this makes for harmony among the members so that all members can care for each other. Guys, what we know for sure, like sometimes people will say, well, Rich, I'll need to pray about that. You know, let me pray about this first. Guys, there's certain things we don't even need to pray about. When someone says that they're in need and we can help them, guys, you don't even need to pray about it. You're like, that is something that God's called me to do. When you see someone and you realize that they're down and you realize that you could give an encouraging word, that you could put your hand on their shoulder and let them know that it's going to be okay, guys, you don't even need to pray about that. That is the right thing every single time. When you see someone and they say that they're going through a tough time, it is always the right thing to say, let me just pray for you. Let's just stop right now. Let's just pray about this. Guy said, that's what the body's called to do all the time. We're called to care and to be there for each other. So then, then let's look at this. What's the purpose in the body? So it's caring for people, right? But, but fill this in. It's to promote unity. It's to promote unity. That's what the body's about. Something so much bigger than ourselves. The creator and master of the universe is who we worship. And the body is all of us coming together. 
to do things that could never be done on our own. See, and, and, and I think in our society, in our world, everybody wants to be someone else. Everybody wants to be something. I, I saw a study that said millennials, that over 50% of millennials believe that they will be a millionaire. And, and not just like a millionaire, like somebody that saves in their whole life, you know, they've been putting pennies away in, in their retirement and they're still driving a beat up Toyota, you know, and they, no, I mean like, like a, uh, you know, fancy, fancy, rich, highlight Kanye style life, you know, and, and that's what people think. And they're like, that's what I want. That's what I'm desiring. Guys, Everybody wants to be, I want that peace, or I want that peace of life. And God says, I've got a perfect peace for you. You just need to connect. You just need to be who I've called you to be and to encourage the other people around. How many of you in this last month needed a little bit of encouragement, that you felt a little discouraged? All right, all right. How many of you guys are in Liars Anonymous? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, over half of you guys raised your hands. I get it, you know, but, but, but here's the thing. I think we can all feel like that at times. Kind of like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be nice if somebody helped me out? Wouldn't it be nice if someone just, just told me I'm doing okay, you know? Wouldn't it be nice if somebody said that? That is what we're called to do as the body of Christ. Verse 26, it says that if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. See, we are called to, to encourage and to support. That's why with, if, if you can make it on Saturday, I encourage you to come to uh, Connie's Memorial and uh, to uh, support the family. Let them know, hey, you know, uh, Anjali, I mean, Anjali and, and Krista, they come to church here and, and let them know, hey, you know what? I care about you. If there's anything I can do, let me know. That's just what we're called to do. When you hear someone this week that's going in for surgery, just say, hey, how can I help you? What can I do to help you with where you're at? We're called to support because here's the thing. When one part of the body is hurt, it really does affect everything else. Again, to the car. If, if, if your, your, your radiator cap, you know, not a really important thing, but that thing flies off and you're driving around, will it eventually affect the entire car? Absolutely. So, so what we have to do is realize, wait, where are things that need to get fixed? What are the things that we need to support and encourage? And that's what the body of Christ is all about. That's why we talk about fellowship being so important. That's why we like to see you connected with other people. Because how do we know how to help people? How are we able to encourage people if we don't even know the people around us? So, so here's what I want you to write in, is to practice mutual care. To practice mutual care, that's what Paul's getting at. He's like, the body of Christ is to practice mutual care. It's caring for the people around when you see someone having a hard time. Um, you know, you, you don't think about it at all. But, but when, when your finger gets slammed in a car door, wow, what happens? Now you definitely know your finger, and your finger now shoots through every nerve in your body it's your brain, you're saying, you're, you're charismatic, you're speaking in tongues, you're saying all kinds of different words and stuff, you're tossing them all out. You, you say these things, and, and then here, here's the whole thing, is that it's like, how, how quick did that happen? 
I mean, it just happens so fast, right? Kabam, ah! And, and, and it's like, well, that's what happens to the body, is that, that when someone is hurt, it really does affect all of us. And guys, sometimes we see things, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I catch myself sometimes, I'll watch things, and I'll be like, oh, oh, that makes me mad. Oh, that makes me frustrated. Oh, that makes me... And it's like, Rich, what in the world is that going to do good for the body? Why don't you learn to deal with it? Why don't you learn if there's something you need to respond to it, respond to it. And if not, move on. All right, because who does it, who does it affect? It affects everybody. It affects everyone. When we have resentment towards people, when we have anger towards people, when, 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 when we act condescending to people, does that make the body better? No. No, those are things that affect. I love what Paul says in Romans 12, 15. Just go ahead and write it down. It says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. So for each one of us, we're called to be there. When somebody says, uh, oh man, we're having a tough time. Don't say, well, that's great. Perfect. I'll see you later. Take care. No, no. We, we say, really, how, how can I help you? What's going on? Guys, probably the worst feeling, and I don't know if you've ever experienced it before, but when you talk to someone, and I've probably been guilty of it, I'm sure, and, and, and someone, I'll say, hey, how are you? And then you, you, you bring up the nerves, and you're like, oh, I'm really having a tough time. I'm really kind of frustrated here. And then when they say, oh, super, super, we'll see you later, take care, have a good week. And you just feel like, wow, I just gave something so important and it just got run over by a truck. Well, guys, as the body of Christ, we're called to do the right thing no matter what. No matter what the circumstances are around us, we're called to do the right thing no matter what. We're called to encourage. We're called to create unity. When, when you have a choice, you see two situations going on. It, it's like, okay, wait a second. I'm looking at this. I can do two things right now. I can either pour water on the situation, or I can pour gasoline. There's frustration, there's anger. There, I could either go in there and, and agitate it and make it worse, or I can put it out. And that's what God wants us to do every single time is to do the right thing. How do I bring unity? Sometimes unity means that I have to stand up and say, hey guys, we're not gonna do this anymore. This is destroying the body. This is hurting people. And there's other times that we have to just humble ourselves and say, okay, okay, you know what, God, this is not my time. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait. Here, here, here's what it says in verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And so, guys, fill this in, is to participate together in the activities of the body. That's what we're called to do. We're called to come together. So, so when we have events, we have things going on, I really encourage you to stay for the uh, spiritual gifts class so you can understand how God has designed you, what he has for you. Um, man, the worst thing is, is uh, I, I, they, they had this guy, he, um, he bought this poster. It was of the Declaration of Independence. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, kind of, kind of cute, cute little poster thing. He bought it at a bookstore, and uh, he put it on his wall. 
And uh, then the guy got married, and the wife said, eh, it doesn't look good in the house. Put it in the garage. So he put it in the garage, and he kept it in the garage for 20 years. Had, had this the Declaration of Independence, you know, uh, uh, there, and uh, he ended up uh, getting rid of it. His wife finally said, you got to clean up the garage. Well, this happened, I believe it was in Nashville, and... Uh, what had happened was, it, it wasn't the actual Declaration of Independence, but it was uh, a, a set of 200 that were made, that were, that were especially designed and everything, worth, I forget how much the numbers was, but it was completely crazy, the amount. And, and, and they, they, the, the guy who ended up getting it, you know, he was so proud of this thing. And, and I could just imagine how much marriage counseling that couple needed afterwards, you know, because here's what happened. Something so valuable, they just didn't, they didn't even recognize it. And each of you are very, very valuable. And it's important that we get connected and do things together. When we have a worship night, I encourage our whole church to come, to worship, to support, to, to, to invite our friends to come and be a part of it. We've got the, the hearts for giving. And, and I encourage you as the body. It's like, how do I come? How do I connect? How do I help? Guys, we all have different roles. Some of you right now are like, Oh, I know a way to help that nobody's even thinking of. Well, exactly. That's why you're part of the body. And, and so I want to um, just encourage you today is that you aren't here by accident, that you didn't become a follower of Christ by accident, that God has a plan for your life. And we're going to celebrate in just a moment with communion. And we're going to take that together as a body and we're going to celebrate what Jesus did, because apart from Jesus, guys, we wouldn't even even be here. We'd be at the Kiwanis Club, or we'd be doing, you know, Elks, or do, you know, some nice things, the Optimus Club or something, but we're here because of Jesus, because of how he's changed and transformed his life, our lives, and when, when we take that bread today, I want you to know that it wasn't something that was done in the past, but it's being something that's being done right now because of what Jesus has done is he's giving you life. He's giving you breath to make a difference in this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are so awesome. You are so incredible. God, we, we look at your word and we see how the Apostle Paul is sharing with us that it's not an accident that we're a follower of Christ. But for some of us today, we feel very, very distant. We feel very, very far away from God. And for some people, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Christ. And you really aren't part of the body yet. But if the Holy Spirit's moving in your life right now that you're like, hey, Pastor, I, I need to get my life right. I, I need to turn my life to Christ. I want you to know God's hands are wide open. Jesus will not say no. He'll say, I'm, I'm glad you're coming home. When I was on the cross, I had you in mind. I know everything you've done. And I still love you so deeply. I want the best for your life. If that's you, before we go any further, that you're like, I need to get my life right 
with God, you can just call out right where you're at and say, God, I need you. And as a church, we'll, we'll help you afterwards. We'll look through scripture. We'll walk through the journey with you. But you don't need anyone. You just need to call out to God. And if that's you this morning, hey, you're saying today's the day. I, I got to follow him. I just, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to look. And if that's you, that, that you're like, yep, pastor, that's me. That's me. I want you to know that you're secure. You're secure in Him. That right at this point, He says, you are my kid. I have adopted you. I love you. And I care about you. I'm never going to let go of you. I love you. I love you with every breath you take here. And when you take that last breath, I'm going to carry you to eternity. And for others of you, I just want to encourage you that God's Spirit would just continue to move in your life of what He's called you to do as a part of the body, that your life matters. And we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.